welcome to Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and we have an episode from the archives. This episode was originally published in July of 2019, but as we celebrate Roe being overturned, this may also be a time that your center is going to see an influx of clients if you're seeing pro-life legislation happening in your state. We want you to be prepared to serve more clients than ever. So in this episode, Cindy Boston talks with Betty McDowell about her experience as a center director in Missouri during a time when pro-life legislation was passed um, kind of unexpectedly. And so seemingly overnight, they just had more clients than they had seen before on a regular daily basis. So Cindy shares about the things that her board, her staff, her volunteers did to help and and also some of the, the people she reached out to, what she did to serve an influx of clients. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I do want to mention that affiliates of Heartbeat International can access a brand new recorded conversation, just some bonus content for affiliates only. Click on the link below and you'll be able to log in to access that recording. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, good morning, Cindy. Hey, so good to be here. It's good to be with you. So our topic today that we're going to spend a few minutes discussing is really about when rapid growth is required. And I think for the purposes of our conversation, we'll narrow this down and bring it to how do you prepare for the possible increase of new clients when abortion facilities may close in your area. I think there are some really great concepts in here if we're focusing on this topic that will lend itself to perhaps other reasons why a center, a medical clinic might need to rise to the challenge of rapid growth. So I thought we could start with you telling us a little bit about your story because this really happened to you. Yes, it did. I was heavily involved with legislative efforts to increase the regulations and make them more humane for women. And so that particular activity actually led itself to the point where in the state of Missouri, they had a 30 mile rule. 30 mile meaning an abortion clinic uh, had to have hospital privileges within 30 miles. Our hospitals would not allow that in Springfield, Missouri, and that abortion clinic closed overnight once the legislation was passed. However, there was a stay on it. And so then they reopened the next day after the stay was implemented. Then they filed lawsuits. At that time, we knew there was a potential, but we never imagined. We thought it would be years in the court system. So we, we couldn't see that coming. The reality is you never know what's coming. Mm. That's where it pays to be prayed up and to have team building upon team as far as within your, your organization. So board members who know what's happening, uh, staff members who are informed and give input to, and also volunteers and pastors within the community. It's really a rallying point for pregnancy centers when there's a period of rapid growth, including a time when an abortion clinic might close. Thank you. So I think about this because we've, we've had the call. Oh my gosh, what do we do? And so when you look at this and you look back, what would you maybe define as the problem? Because while, while this is a good problem, it's a good problem to have to That's right. rise to the challenge, but yes. it still is a problem. Right. So what would you say would be, how would you define the problems and kind of put those maybe in a mm-hmm. nutshell and then some of the solutions mm-hmm. that you actually put into place, some things that you really implemented to help address that. So you talked about the board and the staff volunteers being informed uh, so what are the problems did you see and how did you address them? Problems that immediately arise are, of course, property. Can your property sustain rapid growth? Uh, it would be 
is your website and are your communications appropriate for an increased opportunity? Are you taking advantage of that opportunity? Then you're looking also at funding in business. When you have more business, you get more income. In not-for-profit world, when you have more people you're serving, you have less money to use uh, per client. Shocker. And I know. <laughs> and I will say one of the biggest challenges we had were management of volunteers and accommodating of massive growth. We actually, the first year, I knew I felt like I almost died that first year, but I didn't know the full impact until I really sat down and ran all the numbers. But we actually grew by 72% wow. that first year. Our volunteers were worn out. Our staff was worn out. Our board was trying to run to keep pace. There were a lot of strains on the whole team. So that's where communication becomes pivotal. Keep in mind, we did not have a clue. The abortion clinic owners and the medical doctor who ran and implemented the services at the, the abortion clinic, they actually were operating illegally and that was exposed in depositions. So it was a, they're closed for three months or they're open they're starting depositions, and within two weeks of depositions, I think it was, the abortion clinic closed overnight, no notice. They weren't going through the court system anymore because it was found out they were operating illegally without a medical director. Now, just imagine if a center did that, right? <laughs> but the reality is they closed overnight, and we have to be prepared to cope with uh, changes. That's where a center director needs to be flexible, center director needs to be prayed up, and a center director really needs to be able to rally the team all together. And so would you say that there were changes in hours? You talked about the looking at your website, mm -hmm. and I love the idea. I love that you use the word opportunity because it really is an opportunity. So you talked about the things that needed to change. So did you change hours? Did you change any of your services? What were the other practical things that you looked at? I think the one thing that should have changed more quickly that I would recommend is looping the pastors in earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, they should be some of the first communications you make aside from your board and your staff and your volunteers. Uh, looping pastors in, calling a quick meeting, maybe even developing a rapid growth committee or a temporary team or a task force that you say, we need help for the next three months or we need help for six months. There are people who are so concerned about the abortion issue that if they knew you needed immediate help and it was short term, they would jump in and be involved. Finances is probably the most pivotal in the sense that I was so busy adjusting hours, hiring more staff. I hired Ford staff that year. And you know, it takes a long time to train each staff member to keep the culture. Uh, I had to strive and fight to keep the culture within the organization at a steady pace because new people coming in influence and, and they often don't have history and knowledge that they need to be able to influence at those levels. So I, I think you've got to have a team that can move quickly and easily. And that's where even preparing your team, there are times as a team, as a group, an organization and ministry, we have to be able to move quickly. So just know, usually we're very strategic and we plod along, but sometimes we have to move quickly and you have to be able to get on board. I did have team members leave during that time. Mm -hmm. I think I had one person leave. I, it was too quick of a pace, too much uh, going on, and too many requirements for change. It was kind of person who doesn't change usually. It was too much for her, so she left. So just be prepared that 
team will change, culture changes, unless you really have a steady hand on it. You need to get a prayer team going that prays every day, that prayer walks your center, that um, marches around and declares, uh, you know, draws the circles, Mark Batterson's circle around your organization, those kinds of things. You need to include pastors. And I would ask pastors, I did not at that time, I would ask pastors and petition them, could you give an increased gift to accommodate additional women? Even a, a 30% growth would be a big strain on an organization, mm -hmm. uh, but it was 72% for us. You don't know how to predict that, but the reality is we did up our advertising. We signed more advertising contracts. We did more at that time. Uh, Google was just starting to play. We did more there. But the reality is your ads have to increase so women can find you. I wanted to go over and put a sign on the abortion clinic door that said, for help call. <laughs> of course, I didn't have permission to do that. The cool thing about this whole journey was a year later, that building was donated to us through an unusual set of circumstances where somebody <laughs> approached us about giving away a blighted building. And uh, we took it, of course. So, and that set off a whole new series of abilities to grow and accommodate more women in the community, make a longer impact. That's God. Isn't that yes, God? Yes, absolutely. So I heard you talk about really messaging, that messaging to your stakeholders and the yes. ask. So I think sometimes we see pregnancy help organizations say, well, you know, we are the answer to Planned Parenthood. We are the alternative to mm -hmm. that abortion provider. And while there is truth in that, most times when I look at the mission statement and the vision of the organization, it's really about helping women, serving women, helping the culture to become a life-affirming culture. It's usually not stated in there that they have to be the replacement for Planned Parenthood. And so I think the temptation that most organizations have is, okay, so we have to look at all the services Planned Parenthood offered, and now we have to offer those exact same services outside of abortion. And so what advice would you give to a center, a director, a CEO about really looking at the mission and how that fits with now what you're trying to replace in the community. Every year you need to be examining and making sure A, you're fulfilling your mission and B, is it the right mission? Are you on target? And are you mission creeping too much? We didn't add a lot of services. We added hours and we added people, mm -hmm. um, both volunteers, board members, and staff members to bear the load. That's when I started getting my building cleaned. No longer could the staff spend the first 30 minutes of their day vacuuming and cleaning toilets, you know, that kind of thing. It, it really is a pivotal time in how you view things. Your mission shouldn't change at this time. Your mission should be intentionally changed with a strategic plan and a long-term planning session and you need to always focus as a center leader you need to focus on refining what you're doing as your mission and fulfilling the mission with excellence doing it as well as you possibly can given the time and resources you have at those moments uh, because that's what sustains you during times of crisis or rapid growth that's what sustains you when you don't have everything you need but that you can keep doing what you're doing that would be my recommendation i would also prepare messages for the media uh, for email release. I would prepare those in advance if you have any advanced idea. I did not. We were told it would be in the court system for years and the abortion clinic would remain open. So whatever your circumstance, prepare ahead uh, messaging if you have any inkling. It's also a pivotal point where you know, we were friends with the county prosecutor and he said, he said, Cindy, 
we had no idea what we were going to find. So the reality is be prepared. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have an abortion clinic nearby or if you have something that might cause rapid growth, advertising or influences or references, you should actually uh, prepare in case. Um, make sure your team is ready for quick growth. All right. Thank you, Cindy. So I heard a lot of really great advice in here of things that you do working on the organization, really, and in the organization. So I like what you said. You really caught my attention on that whole idea of you actually hired someone to clean uh, the organization. And that probably goes back to return on investment in That's one right. sense of Absolutely. how you're utilizing your staff, mm -hmm. which then led me to think about the self-care. Yes. Uh, because you mentioned that in a sense of the team having to really grow and the need to really uh, make sure that you as the leader are caring for them and, right. and giving them opportunities for self-care because that is, that's massive growth. So when you think about the things that helped you outside resources that helped you, I heard the, you know, the pastors and you wish you had called them in sooner. What are the resources did you tap into to help you with understanding and moving ahead on rapid growth? I, I tapped into business minds on the board mm -hmm. or, or major donors that, or donors who had experience with business growth. And I'd say, here's what I'm encountering. And they're the ones who said, well, you need to hire some of the things you guys don't have to be doing. And, and it was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, you, you don't always have a clear view, but if you're transparent with people, mm -hmm. uh, the right people, people who have ability to assist, if you're transparent with them they will help you um, heartbeat of course is always standing in line ready to help out and ready ready to lend um, both through the Academy information about transitions but also the leadership team stands ready uh, Betty's leading the charge on all of that she has an amazing team that answers questions do, and can point you to resources appropriately thanks so much Cindy with that I'm gonna ask you to just close out our time together with a prayer just speak that blessing perhaps over the organizations that are maybe in the process right now or will soon be in the process of needing that rapid growth so they're a blessing and opportunity and not a problem. So would yes. you close us in prayer? Thank you, Lord, that you go before us. It says that you light the path and you create that wide step for each of us as we surrender our hearts to you. So I first pray for the surrender uh, by leaders and boards and staff members and volunteers um, that they would surrender each day at the organization to you. I also pray for wisdom from on high. Lord, it says if we ask, you will give wisdom. So we pray for wisdom. I pray for a heart turned towards you. I love the idea that when Joshua saw the angel of the army of the Lord, that he took off his shoes and he bowed. Uh, Lord, I pray that every leader would not be afraid to continue to bow and know that the busy work and the scurrying around sometimes is in vain unless we have sought you and gotten your guidance and your orders. I pray, Lord, for rapid growth across this great nation that you would in indeed um, grow pregnancy help centers uh, throughout the world. Uh, for your might and your glory, because we know that they touch women's hearts in a significant way. They create healthier families and communities. We thank you, God, for Heartbeat and what they do to help lead the charge in the pregnancy health movement. Lord, give us wisdom as well, uh, that we may work together with the leaders uh, for your glory. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pregnancy Help Podcast. To subscribe to future episodes, access resources related to today's session, 
or listen to previous episodes, visit www.heartbeatinternational.org slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.